morning. morning. Wow, that was a really good response compared to first service. But I think we can do better. Good morning. morning. I love it. How are you guys today? Awesome. So if you guys didn't know, we have had a very eventful weekend so far. And it's going to be even more eventful to come. So on Thursday, I left with some teens and some adults, and we went to BLAST, and we got to watch our students participate in different activities and just see their God-given talents. So teens, if you went to BLAST, could you stand up? So we got them all over the room, and yes, give them a round of applause. Did it awesome. You guys can sit down. They did an awesome job. We had piano, we had basketball, we had volleyball, we had soccer, we had singing, we had arts, crafts. So many things, and our teens did a wonderful job, and I am so proud of them. If you didn't notice, they were even up here on stage today, and it just warms my heart to see those teens worshiping in front of you guys. And honestly, we're going to be talking more and more today about just how we can pour into others, and these students would not be up here today if it weren't for you guys pouring into them, so thank you for that. But on top of BLAST, we also have Grad Sunday today, and so our seniors are going to be coming up later, and we're going to be celebrating them all day today, and it's going to be a great time. And then later tonight, we have VBS. And so this weekend is just so filled with pouring into this next generation. And I just love it because the next generation and you guys are still the present today, but we are raising up people to build the kingdom. And they can still build the kingdom today as we've seen on stage already. And so as I was looking at this passage, as I was looking at the message and seeing how it can connect with Grad Sunday, I started to think about when I was a senior in high school, obviously. And so as I thought of my graduation, the people that poured into my life leading up to high school graduation, um, I had many, many people. And you know, I graduated high school really, 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 really long time ago, about four years ago. And um, the people that I thought of, regardless of my family, sorry guys, you're not a part of this, but I thought of Mrs. Harris. I thought of my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Harris, and how she would put my hair up every time my mom made me wear my hair down to school. Because I wanted to go to recess, and I wanted to play basketball, I wanted to play football, I wanted to play wiffle ball, I wanted to do all the activities, and my hair was just in the way. I thought of Mrs. Fogwell, and how she was my peer tutoring advisor, and how she taught me how to work with these students and love on them in the ways that they need. She also gave me advice over dating, because we all know in high school we need dating advice, right? I also thought about Meemaw, AKA Meemaw. Her actual name is Linda Herman, but she was a youth leader in our youth group. She was the grandma in our youth group, and she was awesome. She moved to Florida while I was in high school, but she still poured into us after the fact. She would come to church camp, she would write us letters, she would just randomly visit and be like, Meemaw, why are you here? She's like, I just wanted to see you. And so she was awesome. And so I started thinking about these people who poured into me in high school, and leading up to high school. But then I started thinking about my college years and the people that poured into me during college, because we also have college graduates that we're celebrating today. And you know, I graduated college a really long time ago too, about 13 months ago, and I thought of Andrea Summers, my boss at the chapel, and how she taught me how to do breath prayer, how to pour into people in ministry in a different way. I thought of Eden Byer, now Eden Armstrong. She's a missionary in Australia now, 
but she was only a year older than me, pouring into me. I thought of Dr. Dave Smith, Dr. Morgan, and they just taught me how to read scripture. They prayed for me. I still contact them today and say, hey, do you have any material to make this process easier for me? And they always say, Grace, you need to do the work yourself. I'm like, I know but still, can you help me out? And so they helped me out in every way. And I still think of Linda Herman, Meemaw. She would send me letters while I was at college. She would encourage me in ways that I didn't know I needed. And I still get letters today. I actually just got a letter from her two weeks ago. And so these people have poured into my life as I have grown up, and I am who I am today because of them. But I want to take a second, and I want you guys to think. Who has poured into you in your life? Go ahead, take a second to think about it. Now turn to your neighbor and tell them what qualities they have and how they poured into you. All right, shout out some things. How do they pour into you? Speak truth. Encouraging. What was that? Love. Patience, I love all these. Something that these people did for me was that they gave me time. They prayed for me, they encouraged me, they spoke truth, they showed love, they had patience. They did all of these things. And we're gonna be in Deuteronomy 3. If you guys have your Bibles, you can start turning there. We're gonna get there in just a second. But we're going to talk about how Moses poured into Joshua's life. The ways that he did it. And as we read through this, we're going to look at the qualities that he had and the ways that he poured into Joshua during this time. And before we read the scripture, if you don't know who Moses is, Moses is a dude, all right? He is awesome. He has had God's faithfulness just wrapped around his entire life. His parents were faithful, which then translated into his life. He was floating the Nile and then was free because of that, and his life was saved. He has parted the Red Sea. He's talked to God face to face through a burning bush. We see his whole life and God's faithfulness in it because he was faithful to God. So if you catch nothing else today, I want you to catch this. In order to pour into other people, we need to have God in the center of our life. Moses was so focused on God, and you need to know this before we get into the passage. He was so focused on God that he was able to pour into Joshua well. So Deuteronomy 3, verses 21 through 29, if you guys would read it with me. Stand up, we'll get you a little more awake than you already are. I love the energy, let's keep it. So Deuteronomy 3, 21 through 29. It says, at that time I commanded Joshua, you have seen with your own eyes all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. The Lord will do the same to all the kingdoms over there where you are going. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. At that time I pleaded with the Lord, Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, the fine hill country in Lebanon. But because of you the Lord was angry with me and would not listen. That is enough, the Lord said. Do not speak to me anymore about this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and look west and north and south and east. Look at the, hand with the land with your own eyes since you are not going to cross this Jordan. But commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land 
that you will see. So we stayed in the valley near Beth Peor. You guys may be seated. So this passage leading up to it, we see that Moses is trying to bring the Israelites to the promised land for most of his life. It literally has taken him years. And God is basically saying, hey, you're not gonna be seeing the promised land. But Moses is pleading with God. He's like, God, please let me see the promised land. And God's like, no, you're not gonna see the promised land. In fact, Joshua's gonna see the promised land. You are going to raise up a great leader. You are going to commission a leader. You are going to encourage a leader. You are going to strengthen a leader. And he is going to be the one that will see the promised land. I love how in this passage, we see this commissioning, this encouraging, this strengthening, and that is what we're gonna be focusing on today. But even before he has received this call, he was already doing this. He was already commissioning, he was already encouraging, he was already strengthening. In Exodus 17, we see that Moses has Joshua lead a battle, and that is a big task for someone to lead a battle. We see that Moses has invited him to go onto this mountain as they received the 10 commandments. And not only that, but Moses had a raw moment and just broke the 10 commandments and Joshua was there for that too. Sometimes pouring into people is very raw and vulnerable. Not only that, but we see that Joshua is guarding a tent in Exodus 33. And we see that as he's guarding this tent, Moses is having a holy conversation with God and he is witnessing this conversation. So why is God telling him to commission, to encourage, to strengthen, even though he's already done this? One, he lost sight on what he was called to do. He was called to pour into Joshua. He was so focused on this promised land. And God's reminding him, hey, you are called to pour into Joshua. The second thing is, it's important. And if it's important for Moses, it's important for us. We are called to pour into others. We are called to pour into the next generation. We are called to pour into people our own age. We are called to invest our time and our energy and our lives into other people to build up this kingdom. And so as I was looking through this passage, I was thinking, okay, what does this mean for us? It means that we are called to pour into others, but let's go beyond that. We are called to commission. So let's look at commission real quick. We see that the battle in Exodus 17 that I mentioned briefly. We see that Moses has asked Joshua to lead this battle. A commissioning is to prepare someone, to give them duties. Moses gave Joshua this duty of preparing for this battle. He has given him an opportunity to lead. He's entrusting him with a big task. I mean, raise your hands. How many of you would want to lead a battle? Exactly, none of us. So it's a big task. But when it comes to commissioning, it often means that we need to trust someone. Now, how many of you like to have control over things? I think some people lied. Let's try that again. How many of you like to be in control of things? There we go, more participation, I love it. So we love being in control of things, but this idea of commissioning is not being in control, it is letting go and preparing someone to rise up. 
This idea of commissioning is to give people duties, to entrust them, to let go and say, hey, you got this. Because it gives them an opportunity to fail and learn. It gives them an opportunity and a space to try with guidance and with love. It gives them ownership. And the biggest way that we can invest and pour into others is by letting them have an opportunity to prepare. So I don't know if you noticed, but I mentioned Meemaw twice. She poured into me in high school, she poured into me in college, she even poured into me in middle school. We see that she has poured into my life. She is my Moses. She has commissioned me, she has encouraged me, she has strengthened me. I wanna focus on how she has commissioned me real quick though. So we had a girls night one night and it was all of us teen girls at her house. We were having a great time in our PJs, eating some ice cream, I mean. Who can go wrong with ice cream? Ice cream makes everything better. So ice cream, thank you, Grace, yes. We, ice cream, brownies, and high school musical. It was like the greatest combo ever. We were doing all of that. And Meemaw comes up to us and she's like, hey, so there's this girl in the back room. Um, she's alone, she doesn't wanna be here, and you need to go talk to her. And she was telling my friend Sarah and I this, and I'm like, Meemaw, no. I'm not, I'm not going back there, I'm living the best life. High school musical, ice cream ice cream, ice cream's just really good. And brownies, like, you can't get a better combination. And she's like, no, you need to go back there. I'm like, I don't wanna go back there, Meemaw. She's like, you're going back there. I'm like, fine, guess I'll go back there. And so Sarah and I go back there, and Meemaw gave us a heads up that she was agnostic. And we had no clue before that, and we're like, oh, okay, so this is gonna be even harder. Thank you, Meemaw, for that. And so we step into this room, and we're talking to this girl, and we're able to pour into her. We're able to tell her who Jesus is. Before that, she was crying. She just like, wouldn't give us any attention. But as we started to get to know her, as we started to talk to her, she started to have a smile on her face. She started to do different things that just showed that she felt loved. And that wouldn't have necessarily happened if I didn't take that step and say, fine, Mima, I'll go into that room. Mima gave me a situation that she prepared me for. See, if I didn't go into that room, I would not have been able to have different conversations I've had throughout my years of ministry. I would not have been able to have a conversation with a girl in the dorm at college that was really struggling with her faith. I wouldn't have been able to have a conversation with some of our teens. I wouldn't be able to tell people who Jesus is as well as I am now because of that moment. Mimo could have easily said, hey, I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna take ice cream because ice cream makes everything better and I'm going to pour into this girl myself, but no. She asked Sarah and I to go into this room. She asked Sarah and I to pour into this girl. She gave us a task, she gave us a big duty. She commissioned us. So I want you to think real quickly, who am I pouring into? Now how are you going to commission them? Because you too are called to prepare people. You too are called to let go of things that you have control of and to rise up the next generation. You too are called to give the next generation tasks and duties to help them for their future and their present. How are you going to commission? The next thing is encourage. We see that Moses encouraged Joshua. We see in the passage we just read, in verse 22, 
we see that Joshua is just super fearful. But Moses says, do not be afraid. The Lord will fight for you. He immediately turns Joshua's focus back on to God. That is what encouragement is. I think oftentimes we get stuck in this spot of saying, hey, you're doing great, you'll be fine. You're doing a great job, keep it up. Yeah, that's encouraging, but that's temporary. Our worldly encouragement is temporary, but we are called to encourage eternally. And we can only encourage eternally if we point people back to God. If we remind God, if we remind people of God's character, if we remind people that God is with them. We see Moses does this for Joshua all throughout scripture. Meemaw has done this for the girls in my youth group and myself. I remember a time when she surprised us at church camp after she moved to Florida. And we were sitting in this small group and this one girl was really struggling and Meemaw goes over there, she puts her arm around her and something you may need to know about Meemaw is she's slightly deaf and as she's trying to tell Meemaw what's happening, Meemaw can't hear her at all. And she's like, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm just gonna pray for you. And so she starts praying for this girl. And as she is praying for this girl, this girl's face just lights up. As she is starting to reveal God's character to this girl, her face just lights up even more so. Mimo had no clue what the girl was saying, but she knew that she had to point her back to God. She said, you know what? Your father is God. You are a child of God, you are precious. I don't know what you're saying to me right now, but you are a child of God and that's all that matters and God loves you. She gave eternal encouragement to this girl. How are you going to encourage the people you are going to pour into? Is it a, hey, you're doing great, you're doing amazing. Or is it pointing them back to God? Reminding them of who God is? How are you going to pour into people through encouragement? The next part is strengthen. We see in this passage that Moses strengthens Joshua. And we see that because of Moses' example. Whenever Joshua was at the tent guarding the tent and Moses was having a holy conversation we see that he is watching Moses' example. Moses is fully reliant on God, and that strengthens Joshua because he has become fully reliant on God himself. He has not placed his strength in the world or in Moses, but on God alone. He strengthens through God, and so, as I was looking at this idea of pouring into others, how can we strengthen people by being an example? Not only through our actions, but through our words. If God is in the center of our life, we are just a immaculate example of who God is. And we are then able to point people back to God and so they can find their strength in the Lord. Meemaw has done this for me all throughout my life that I've known her. I receive letters from her. It seems like she has a sixth sense of whenever I'm going through a tough time because I always get a meme on Facebook. I always get a letter from her. I get a phone call or a text from her. I just got a letter from her two weeks ago. And these letters, they consist of prayer. They consist of scripture. 
And yes, it has both of those, but she also says, hey, don't forget who God is. God is with you. It's similar to Moses. She says, God will fight for you. Mimo has God so in the center of her life that everything that she does is an example to me. How can you strengthen others? By pointing them back to God so they can find their strength in God. So this idea of pouring to others, it consists of commissioning, it consists of encouraging, and it consists of strengthening. Let's say those together. Commissioning, encouraging, strengthening. Okay, I think we can do a little better. Let's do a little louder, all right? I'm loving the enthusiasm, but let's, let's amp it up a little more. Commissioning, encouraging, encouraging. Strengthening. strengthening. I love it, that was awesome. So commissioning, encouraging, strengthening, that is how we can pour into other people. And as I'm looking at Moses' example and Mimal's example in my life, and as I look throughout scripture, there's one thing I noticed. This idea of pouring into others is not just a modern day idea. This idea of pouring into others is a beginning of time call over our lives. We are called to pour into people every single day of our lives, but it's a matter of if we are willing to take the time and investment. Are we willing to be intentional in it? I'm gonna move over here real quick. And this jar represents, this big jar, it represents Moses' life. This jar in the middle, it represents Joshua. And this jar right here, it represents the promised land. This is the thing that we just read that Moses was asking for, the promised land. He was asking for the reward, but instead, God gave him a calling, a reminder to pour into Joshua. So let's look, if Moses decided not to listen to the calling of pouring into Joshua, instead he poured into the promised land, he would be spending all of his time pouring into this reward that God told him he would never get. And it would just be a waste of his personal investment, his personal time. Maybe he pours into Joshua just a little bit, but then he pours into the promised land a little more. That doesn't work. The promised land would have never been reached because God told him it would never be reached. And instead, he missed an opportunity to pour into Joshua. He could have poured into Joshua, but he decided to focus on the reward rather than the calling. Now let's try that again. Let's say this is Moses' life again. Let's say he starts pouring into Joshua and he gives him an opportunity like Exodus 17 to fight in a battle, to lead a battle. He allows him to go on the mountain with the Ten Commandments. He breaks the Ten Commandments with him. He lets him guard a tent while he has a holy conversation. He begins to encourage him and strengthen him and allow him to recognize God. He is then able to pour into Joshua. He is allowing Joshua to be overflowed so that Joshua then is able to pour into what God said would happen, which is the promised land. And he is then able to achieve something that was in scripture. You see, when we pour in to the people God has called us to pour into, they are then able to overflow. They are then able to build a life of God. They are then able to help build the kingdom. So let's say this was your life instead of Moses' life. Who is this person that you are called to pour into? And how can they pour in to the next generation and the generations to come? If Moses didn't pour into Joshua, Moses' legacy would have died. 
In fact, if Moses focused on the promised land, he would have missed the calling, but his legacy would have, one, died, and two, not been divine, because he was so focused on what he wanted. So what makes Moses have a divine legacy? One, his relationship with God. When we are centered and focused on God, that is when we are able to pour into others well. Two, his willingness to sacrifice the promised land and willingness to pour into Joshua so that he may be able to fulfill the scriptures. He was willing to sacrifice a reward that he wanted for the calling that God has had and placed over his life. He was willing to sacrifice the promised land to build up the next generations. And so his legacy continued to carry on. But three, he was so focused on God that he wasn't focused on what was happening around him, but what God was doing in what was happening. He allowed God to work. His legacy is a divine legacy because God was in his center. In Deuteronomy 34, we see that his legacy is still reigning today. In verses nine through 12, it says, now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. The terminology for laid his hands on him also stands for commissioning. He's commissioned Joshua. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of Israel. We see in scripture that Moses' legacy still reigns on today. In fact, these scriptures help us today. I think of my own personal life and some things I've read about Moses and the way that I've been touched by it. I'm sure you guys have as well. He has a divine legacy because he was so focused on God and he was willing to sacrifice his time to pour into others to build the kingdom. Worship band, you can start heading up. Whenever we are so focused on God, there's no telling of what God can do through us. There's no telling of how God can use us. There's no telling of the miracles that can be done, how the kingdom can be built. So who are you pouring into today? Seniors. You're all over the room, so I'm just gonna look everywhere. I think there's one back there. But you are in this weird spot of life where you have some independence, but not the independence you want, and you want a little more independence, and it's just hard to figure out that, that point of life. Be poured into. No matter how independent you are, be poured into. When you are being poured into by others that are great followers of Christ, like Moses was, that is when you are then able to be built up in Christ. That is when you are able to become stronger in your faith. But to all of you, find someone to pour into you, but not only that, pour into other people. But remember that God needs to be the focus of your life. God needs to be the center of your life in order to pour into others well. So let's say it again, commission, commission. Encourage, encourage, and strengthen. strengthen. That is how we pour into people. 
And if we are focused on God, our legacy will not end with us, but it will be divine because God is in the center. So as this first sermon for this new series of divine legacy, if you want to have a divine legacy, it's more than what you do. It's who you pour into. If you guys would stand up, we're about to worship. And as we're about to sing this song, remember you have a calling over your life as a follower of Christ. Who are you going to pour into today?